Hello, everyone. My name is Shreya, and you're listening to the Harry Potter Podcast. In the previous episode, we read chapter number 14, Norbert the Norway Ridgeback. In this episode, we will be reading chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. So let's begin! Chapter 15, The Forbidden Forest. Things couldn't have been worse. Phil took them down to Professor McGonagall's study on the first floor, where they sat and waited without saying a word to each other. Hermione was trembling. Excuses, alibis, and wild cover-up stories chased each other around Harry's brain, each more feeble than the last. He couldn't see how they were going to get out of trouble this time. They were cornered. How could they have been so stupid as to forget the cloak? There was no reason on earth that Professor McGonagall would accept for their being out of bed and creeping around the school in the dead of night, let alone being up the tallest astronomy tower. It was out of bounds except for classes. Add Norbert and the invisibility cloak, and they might as well be packing their bags already. Had Harry thought that things couldn't have been worse? He was wrong. When Professor McGonagall appeared, she was leading Neville. Harry! Neville burst out. The moment he saw the other two, I was trying to find you to warn you. I had Malfoy saying he was going to catch you. He said you had a drag. Harry shook his head violently and shut Neville up. But Professor McGonagall had seen. She looked more likely to breathe fire than Norbert as she towered over the three of them. I would never believed any of you. Mr. Filch says that you were up in the astronomy tower. It's one o'clock in the morning. Explain yourselves. It was the first time Hermione had failed to answer a teacher's question. She was staring at her slippers, as still as a statue. I think I've got a good idea of what's been going on, said Professor McGonagall. It doesn't take a genius to work it out. You fed Draco Malfoy some cock and bull story about a dragon trying to get him out of bed and into trouble. I've already caught him. I suppose you think it's funny that Longbottom here heard the story and believed it too? Harry caught Neville's eyes and tried to tell him without words that this wasn't true, because Neville was looking stunned and hurt. Poor blundering Neville. Harry knew what it must have cost him to try and find them in the dark, to warn them. I'm disgusted, said Professor McGonagall. Four students out of bed in one night. I've never heard of such a thing before. You, Miss Granger, I thought you had more sense. As for you, Mr. Porter, I thought Gryffindor meant more to you than this. All three of you will receive detentions. Yes, you too, Neville. Nothing gives you the right to walk around school at night, especially these days. It's very dangerous. And fifty points will be taken from Gryffindor. Fifty! Harry gasped. They would lose the lead, the lead he'd won in the last cricket match. Fifty points each, said Professor McGonagall, breathing heavily through her long, pointed nose. Professor, please. You can't! Don't tell me what I can and cannot do, Potter. Now, get back to bed, all of you. I've never been more ashamed of Gryffindor students. A hundred and fifty points lost. That put Gryffindor in last place. In one night, they drew in any chance Gryffindor had. Harry felt as though the bottom had dropped out of his stomach. How could they ever make up for this? Harry didn't sleep all night. He could hear Neville sobbing into his pillow for what seemed like hours. Harry couldn't think of anything to say to comfort him. He knew Neville, like himself, was dreading the dawn. What would happen when the rest of the Gryffindors found out what they had done?
At first, Gryffindor was passing the giant hourglass that recorded the house points next day thought there had been some mistake. How could they suddenly have lost a hundred and fifty points fewer than yesterday? And then the story started to spread. Harry Potter, the famous Harry Potter, the hero of two Quidditch matches, had lost them all those points. Him and a couple other stupid first years. From being one of the most popular and admired people at the school, Harry was suddenly the most hated. Even Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs turned on him because everyone was longing to see Slytherin lose the house cup. Everywhere Harry went, people pointed and didn't trouble to lower their voices as they insulted him. Slytherins, on the other hand, clapped as he walked past them, whistling and cheering. Thanks, Potter, we owe you one. Only the swan stood by him. They'll all forget in a few weeks. Fred and George have lost loads of points in all the time they've been here, and people still like them. Well, they've never lost a hundred and fifty points in one go, have they? said Harry miserably. Well, no, Ron admitted. It was a bit late to repair the damage, but Harry swore to himself not to meddle in things that weren't his business from now on. He had it with sneaking around and spying. He felt so ashamed of himself that he went to Wood and offered to resign from Quidditch team. Resign, Wood thundered. Well, good that that do. How are we going to get back any points if we can't win at Quidditch? But even Quidditch had lost its fun. The rest of the team wouldn't speak to Harry during practice, and if they had to speak about him, they'd call him the Seeker. Hermione and Neville were suffering, too. They didn't have such a bad time as Harry, but they weren't as well known. But nobody would speak to them, either. Hermione had stopped drawing attention to herself in class, keeping her head down and working in silence. Harry was almost glad that exams weren't far away. All the revision he had done to do kept his mind off his misery. He, Ron, and Hermione were keeping to themselves, working late into the night, trying to remember the ingredients of complicated potions, learn charms and spells, off by heart, memorize the dates of magical discoveries and goblin rebellions. Then, about a week before exams were due to start, Harry's new resolution not to interfere in anything that didn't concern him was put to an unexpected test. Walking back from the library, on his own one afternoon, he heard somebody whimpering from the classroom up ahead. As he drew closer, he heard Quirrell's voice. No, not again. No, please. It sounded as though someone was threatening him. Harry moved closer. All right, all right. He heard Quirrell sob. Next second, Quirrell came hurrying out of the classroom, straightening his turban. He was pale and looked as though he was about to cry. He strode out of sight. Harry didn't think Quirrell had even noticed him. He waited until Quirrell's footstep had disappeared, then peered into the classroom. It was empty, but a door stood ajar at the other end. Harry was halfway towards it before he remembered what he'd promised himself to do about not meddling. All the same, he'd have gambled twelve philosopher's stones that Snape had just left the room. And from what Harry just heard, Snape would be walking with a new spring in his step. Quirrell seemed to have given in at last. Harry went back to the library, where Hermione was testing Ron on astronomy. Harry told them what he'd heard. Snape's done it then, said Ron. If Quirrell's told him how to make the anti-dog full spell, they're still fluffy there. Hermione. Maybe Snape's found out how to get past him without asking Hagrid, said Ron, looking up thousands of books surrounding them. I bet there's a book somewhere in here telling you how to get past a giant three-headed dog. So what do we do, Harry? 
The light adventure was kindling again in Ron's eyes. But Hermione answered before Harry could, Go Dumbledore! That's what we should have done ages ago. If we try anything ourselves, we'll be thrown out for sure. But we've got no proof. Quirrell's too scared to back us up. Snape's only got to say he doesn't know how the troll got in at Halloween, and he has nowhere near the third floor. Who do you think they believe, him or us? It's not exactly a secret we hate him. Dumbledore think we made it up to get him sacked. Filch wouldn't help us in his life, depending on us. He's too friendly with Snape. And the more students get thrown out, the better, he'll think. And don't forget, we're not supposed to know about the stone or Fluffy. That'll take a lot of explaining. Hermione looked convinced, but Ron didn't. If we do just a bit of poking around, no, said Harry flatly. We've done enough poking around. He pulled a map of Jupiter towards him and started to learn the names of the moons. The following morning, notes were delivered to Harry, Hermione, and Neville at the breakfast table. They were all the same. Their detention would take place at 11 o'clock tonight. Meet Mr. Filch at the entrance hall. Professor M. McGonagall. Harry had forgotten that they still had a lot of detentions to do in the four over over their points they loft. He half expected Hermione to complain that this was a whole night of revision lost, but she didn't say a word. Like Harry, she felt she de deserved what they got. At eleven o'clock that night, they had to say goodbye to Ron in the common room and went down to the entrance hall with Neville. Filch was already there, and so was Malfoy. Harry had also forgotten that Malfoy got to attention, too. Follow me, said Filch, lighting a lamp and leading them outside. I bet you'll think twice about breaking the school rule again, won't you? He continued, leering them at them. Oh, yes. Hard work and pain are the best teachers, if you ask me. It is a pity they let the old punishments die out. Hang you by your wrist from the ceiling for a few days? I've still got the chains in my office. Keep them well oiled in case they're ever needed. Right, off we go. I don't think we're running off now. It'd be worse for you if you do. They marched off across the dark grounds. Neville kept sniffling. Harry wondered what their punishments were going to be. It must be something really horrible, or Filch wouldn't be sounded so lightly. The moon was bright, but the clouds scudded across it, kept throwing them into the darkness. Ahead, Harry could see the lighted windows of Hagrid's hut. They heard a distant shout. Is that you, Filch? Hurry up, I want to get started. Harry's heart rose. If they were going to be working with Hagrid, it wouldn't be so bad. His relief must have showed in his face. But Filch said, I suppose you think you'll be enjoying yourself with that oath. Well, thing again, boy, it's into the full horse you're getting. And much mistaken if you'll come out in one piece. At this, Neville let out a little moan, and Malfoy stopped dead in his tracks. The forest, he repeated and he didn't sound quite as cool as usual. We can't go in there at night. There's all sorts of things. In there, werewolves, I've heard. N Neville clutched the sleeve of Harry's robe and made a choking noise. That's your lookout, isn't it? said Filch, his voice crackling with glee. Should have thought about those werewolves before you got in trouble, shouldn't you? Haggard came striding towards them out of the dark, banging his heel. He was carrying a large crossbow, and a quiver of arrow hung over his shoulder. At time, 
he said. I've been waiting for half an hour already. All right, Harry and Hermione. I shouldn't be too friendly with them. Hagrid, said Filch, coldly. They're here to be punished, after all. That's why you're late. Is it? said Hagrid, frowning at Filch. Been lecturing them, have you? It's not your place to do that. You've done your bit. I'll take over from here. I'll be back at dawn, said Filch. What's left of them? He added nastily, and he turned and started back towards the castle, his lamp bobbing away in the darkness. Malfoy now turned to Hagrid. I'm not going into the forest, he said, and Harry was pleased to hear the panic of his voice. Yeah, if you want to stay at Hogwarts, said Hagrid fiercely. You've done wrong, and now you've got to pay for it. But this is servant stuff. It's not for students to do. I thought we'd be writing lines or something. If my father knew I was doing this, he'd... Tell you that's how it is in Hogwarts. Hagrid growled, writing lines? What's good at that to anyone? You'll do something useful or you'll get out. If you think your father rather you were expelled, then get back to the castle and pack. Go on. Malfoy didn't move. He looked at Hagrid furiously, but then dropped his gaze. Right then, Hagrid, now listen carefully. Because it's dangerous, what we're going to do tonight... And I don't want no one taking risk. Follow me over here a moment. He led them into the very edge of the forest, holding his lamp up high. He pointed down a narrow, winding earth track, then disappeared into the thick black trees. A light breeze lifted the air as they looked into the forest. Look there, said Hagrid. See this stuff shining on the ground? Silvery stuff. That's unicorn's blood. There's a unicorn in there, been hurt badly by Summit. This was the second time in a week. I found one dead last Wednesday. We're going to try and find the poor thing. We might have to put it out of its misery. And what if whatever hurt the unicorn finds us first? Said Malfoy, unable to keep the fear out of his voice. There's nothing that lives in the forest that'll hurt you if you're with me or Fang, said Hagrid. And keep to the right path. Right. Now we're going to slip into two parties and follow the trail in different directions. There's blood all over the place. It must be staggering. Around since last night, at least. I want Fang, said Malfoy quickly, looking at Fang's long teeth. All right. But I warn you, he's a coward. So me, Harry, and Hermione go one way, and Draco, Neville, and Fang will go the other. Now, if anyone finds the unicorn, we send up Green's box, right? Get your wand out and practice now. That's it. If anyone gets in trouble, send red sparks. And we'll come and find you, so be careful. Let's go. The forest was black and silent. A little way into the reached a fork in the earth path, and Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid took the left path, while Malfoy, Neville, and Fang took the right. They walked in silence, their eyes on the ground. Every now and then, a ray of moonlight through the branches above lit a spot of silver blue blood on the fallen leaves. Harry saw that Hagrid looked very worried. Could a werewolf be killing the unicorns? Harry asked. Not fast enough, said Hagrid. It's not easy to catch a unicorn. The power of magic creatures. I never knew one to be hurt before. They walked past a mossy tree stump. Harry could hear running water. There must be a stream somewhere close by. They were still spots of unicorn blood here and there along the winding path. You're right, Hermione, Hagrid whispered. Don't worry, it can't have gone that far and it's badly hurt. And then we'll be able to... 
Get behind that tree! Hagrid seized Hermione and Harry and hoisted them off the path behind the towering oak. He pulled out an arrow and fitted it into the crossbow, raising it, ready to fire. The three of them listened. Something was slithering over the dead leaves nearby. It sounded like a cloak trailing around the ground. Harry was squinting up the dark path, but after a few seconds, the sound faded away. I knew it, he murmured. That's something in here that shouldn't be. A werewolf, Harry suggested. There wasn't no werewolf, and there wasn't no unicorn either, said Hagrid grimly. Right, follow me, but careful now. They walked more slowly, ears straining for the faintest sound. Suddenly, in a clearing ahead, something definitely moved. Who's there? Hagrid called. Show yourself. I'm armed. And into a clearing came, was it a man or a horse? To the waist a man, with red hair and a beard. But below was a horse, gleaming chestnut body, with a long reddish tail. Harry and Hermione's jaws dropped. Oh, it's you, Ronan, said Hagrid, in a relief. How are you? He walked forward and shook the centaur's hand. Good evening to you too, Hagrid, said Ronan. He had a deep, sorrowful voice. Why are you going to shoot me? Can't be too careful, Ronan said Hagrid, patting his crossbow. There's something bad loose in the forest. This is Harry Potter and Hermione Granger, by the way. Students up at the school. And this is Ron and you two. He's a centaur. We've noticed, said Hermione faintly. Good evening, said Ron. Students, are you? And do you learn much about that school? Um, a bit, said Hermione timidly. A bit. Well, that's something, Ron inside. He flung back his head and stared at the sky. Mars is bright tonight. Yeah, said Hagrid, glancing up too. Listen, I'm glad we are running to you, Ronan, because there's unicorn been hurt. You see anything? Ronan didn't answer immediately. He stared unblinking upwards and sighed again. Always the innocents are the first victim, he said. So it has been for ages past, so it is now. Yeah, said Hagrid, but have you seen anything, Ronan? Anything unusual? Mars is bright tonight. Ronan repeated, while Hagrid watched him impatiently. Unusually bright. Yeah, but I was meaning anything unusual a bit near home, said Hagrid. So have you noticed anything strange? Yet again, Ronan took a while to answer. At last, he said, the forest hides many secrets. A movement in the trees behind Ronan made Hagrid raise his bow again. But it was only the second centaur, black-haired and bodied, and wild-looking than Ronan. Hello, Bane said Hagrid. All right. Good evening, Hagrid. I hope you're doing well. Well enough. Look, I've been asking Ronan. You see anything odd lately? Oh, there's a unicorn been injured. Would you know anything about it? Bane walked up to stair next to Roman. He looked skyward. Mars is bright tonight, he said simply. We've heard, said Hagrid grumpily. Well, if either of you don't see anything, let me know, won't you? I'll be off then. Harry and Hermione followed him out of the clearing staring at over their shoulders and running in vain until the trees blocked their view. Never, said Harry, till we try to get an answer out of a centaur. Ruddy stargazers. Not interested in anything closer than the moon. Are there many of them here? asked Hermione. Oh, a fair few. Keep themselves to themselves, mostly. They're good enough to, about turning up, if ever I want a word. They're deep mind centaurs. They know things, just don't let on much. There was a centaur we heard earlier, said Harry. 
Did that sound like hoofs to you? No. If you ask me, that's what been killing the unicorns. Never heard anything like it before. They walked through the dense, dark trees. Harry kept looking nervously over his shoulder. He had a nasty feeling that they were being watched. He was very glad that Hagrid had a crossbow with him. They just passed a bend in the path when Hermione grabbed Hagrid's arm. Hagrid, look! Red sparks! The others are in trouble! You two wait here, Hope shouted. Stay on the path. I'll come back for you. They heard him crashing away through the undergrowth and stood looking at each other, very scared, until they couldn't hear anything but rustling leaves around them. You don't think they've been hurt, do you? whispered Hermione. I don't care if Malfoy has, but if something's got Neville, it's our fault. He's here in the first place. The minutes dragged by, and their ears seemed sharper than usual. Harry seemed to be picking up every sigh of the wind, every cracking twig. What was going on? Where were the others? At last, a crunchling noise announced Hagrid's return. Malfoy, Neville, and Fang were with him. Hagrid was fuming. Malfoy, it seemed, had sneaked up behind Neville and grabbed him for a joke. Neville had panicked and set up sparks. We'll be lucky trying to catch anything now with the racket you two are making. Right, we're changing groups. Neville, you stay with me and Hermione. Harry, you go with Fang and this idiot. Sorry. Yeah, Harry, Hagrid added in a whisper to Harry. But he'll have a hard time finding you, and we've got to get this done. So Harry set off into the heart of the forest with Malfoy and Fang. They walked for nearly half an hour, deeper and deeper into the forest, until the path became almost impossible to follow because the trees were so thick. Harry thought the blood seemed to be getting thicker. There were splashes on the roots of the trees, as though the poor creature had been thrashing around the pain close by. Harry could see clearing ahead, though the tangled branches and ancient oak. Look, he murmured, holding out his arm to stop Malfoy. Something bright white was gleaming on the ground. They inched closer. It was a unicorn, all right, and it was dead. Harry had never seen anything so beautiful and sad. Its long slender legs were stuck out at odd angles where it had fallen and its mane was spread pearly white on the dark leaves. Harry taken one step forward and the slithering sound made him freeze where he stood. A bush on the edge of the clearing quivered. Then, out of the shadows, a hooded figure came crawling across the ground like someone stalking the beast. Harry Malfoy and Fangtron transfixed the cloak figure reached the unicorn it lowered its head over the wound on the animal's side and began to drink its blood ah! malfoy let out a terrible scream and bolted so did fang the hooded figure raised its head and looked right at harry the unicorn blood was dribbling down from its front it got to its feet and came swiftly towards him he couldn't move for fear and the pain pierced his head like it was never felt before. It was as though his skull was on fire. Half blinded, he staggered backwards. He heard hooves behind him, galloping, and something came clean over him, charging at the figure. The pain in Harry's head was so bad he fell to his knees. It took a minute or two to pass. He looked up. The figure had gone. A centaur was standing over him, not running or vain. This one looked younger. He had white blonde hair and palomino body. Are you all right? said the centaur, pulling Harry to his feet. Yes, thank you. What was that? The centaur did not answer. He had astonishingly blue eyes and bare sapphires. He looked carefully at Harry, his eyes lingering on the scar which stood livid on Harry's forehead. You're the potter boy. 
he said. You had better get back to Hagrid. The forest is not safe at this time, especially for you. Can you ride? It will be much quicker for this way. My name is Friends, he added, as he lowered himself in his front legs so Harry could clamber on his back. There was suddenly a sound of more galloping from the side of the clearing. Ronan and Bane came bursting through, their flanks heavy and sweating. Friends! Ban Bane thundered. What are you doing? How you have a human on your back? Have you no shame? Are you a common mule? Do you realize who this is? said Franz. This is the poor boy. The quicker he leaves the forest, the better. What have you been telling him? growled Bane. Remember, Franz, we swore not to set ourselves against the heavens. Have you not read what is to come in the movements of the planets? Ronan pawed the ground nervously. I am sure Franz thought he was acting for the best, he said in a gloomy voice. Bane kicked his back legs in anger. For the best? What has God to do with us? Then there's a concern for what has been foretold. It's not a business to run around like donkeys after stray humans in the forest. Franz suddenly reared onto his hind legs in anger, so that Harry had to grab one of his shoulders to stay. Do you not see that unicorn? Franz bellowed at Bane. Do you not understand why it was killed? Or have the plans not let you on the secret? I said myself, what, what is lurking in the forest? Bane, yes with humans alongside me if I must. And friends whisking around, with Harry clenching on the best he could, they plunged off into the trees, leaving Ronan and Bane behind. Harry didn't have a clue what was going on. Why Spain so angry, he asked. What was that thing you saved me from anyway? Friends slowed to a walk, warned Harry to keep his head back, bowed in case of low-hanging branches, but did not answer Harry's question. They made their way through the trees in silence for so long that Harry thought friends didn't want to talk to him anymore. They were passing through a particularly dense patch of trees, however, when friends suddenly stopped. Harry Potter, do you know what unicorn blood is used for? No, said Harry, startled by the odd question. You mean use the horn and tail hair for potions? That is because it's a monstrous thing to slay a unicorn said Franz. Only one who has nothing to lose and everything to gain will commit such a crime. The blood of a unicorn will keep you alive, even if you're an inch from death, but at a terrible price. You will have to slain something pure and defenseless to save yourself, and you have but a half-life, a cursed life. The moment the blood touches your lips. Harry stared at the back of Franz's head, which was galloped silver in the moonlight. But who'd be that so disparate? He wondered aloud if you're going to be cursed forever that's better isn't it it is friends agreed unless you all you need is to stay alive long enough to drink something else something that will bring you back in full strength and power something that will mean that you can never die mr Potter. do you know what is hidden at the school at the very moment the philosopher's stone of course the exile of life but i don't understand who i can think of nobody has waited many years to return who has clung to his life, awaiting the chance. It was as though the iron fist had clenched suddenly around Harry's heart. Over the rustling of trees, he seemed to hear once more what Hagrid had told him on the night they had met. Some say he died. Cold swap, in my opinion. Don't know if he had left any human in him to die. Do you mean? Harry croaked. That was Vol. Harry, are you all right? Hermione was running... Towards them, down the path, Hagrid puffing on behind him. 
Fine, hardly knowing what he was saying. Lee McCorn's dead, Hagrid. It's in the clearing back there. This is where I leave you, Franz murmured as Hagrid hurried off to examine the unicorn. You're safe now. Harry slid off his back. Good luck, Harry Potter, said Franz. The plants have been read wrongly before now, even by centaurs. I hope this is one of those times. He turned and cantered back to the forest, leaving Harry shivering behind them. Ron had fallen asleep in the dark common room, waiting for them to return. He shouted something about Quidditch fools when Harry roughly shook him awake. In a matter of seconds, though, he had wide-eyed as Harry began to tell him and Hermione what happened in the forest. Harry could sit down. He paced up down in front of the fire. He was still shaking. Snape wants a stone for Voldemort, and Voldemort's waiting in the forest and all this time we thought snape's just wanted to get rich stop saying his name said ron in a terrified whisper as though Voldemort could hear them harry wasn't listening Franz saved me but he shouldn't have ben was furious he was talking about in fearing what the plans say is going to happen they must show that Voldemort's coming back ben thinks Franz should have let Voldemort kill me i suppose that's written in the stars as well will you stop saying his name Ron hissed. So all I've got to wait for now is for Snape to steal the stone. Harry went on feverishly. Then Voldemort will be able to come and finish me off. Well, I suppose Ben will be happy. Hermione looked frightened, but she had a word of comfort. Harry, everyone says Dumbledore is the only one you know who was ever afraid of. With Dumbledore around, you know who won't touch you. Anyway, who says the centaurs are right? It sounds like fortune-telling to me. And Professor McGonagall says that it's very imprecise branch of magic. The sky had turned light before they stopped talking. They went to beds exhausted, their thoughts sore. But the night surprises weren't over. When Harry pulled back his sheets, he found the invisible cloak folded neatly under them. There was a note pinned to it, just in case. Thank you for listening to me read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, chapter number 15, The Forbidden Forest. If you enjoyed this episode and have any compliments or suggestions, you can always message me on the Let's Read Harry Potter podcast Instagram page, which is given my website, which is in the description link below. In this episode, we read chapter 15. In the next episode, we will be reading chapter number 16. Until then, bye!